We're going to continue our study of Ecclesiastes. If you want to turn there, Ecclesiastes, we're right at the end of chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting in verse 16. But I want to, I want to tell you what this is about this morning. You've heard the evolutionary theory. You've heard that, that, that we somehow came from apes, from primordial slime to uh, a fish that stands to an ape that stands. And, uh, and, and mind you, this is a theory that they have, and they got this theory from watching birds, finches, I think they were, on, a, uh, on an island in, Gal in Galapagos area. They got this idea, and so this is how evolutionists say we evolved, how, how we are, how we became what we are today. Now, I have, I have always asked the evolutionists three questions, three questions that they really haven't been able to answer very well. The first one is, how did this start? Why did that ape first stand up? Why? How did that happen? What happened that made that first ape stand up and start acting like a man? The second question is, why do we not still see it happening? Why are we not seeing eight men come out of the jungle today, right? I mean, if, if it started, why did it stop? And the third question I always ask is, how did we get completely out of the food chain? You know, we hunt everything and nothing hunts us naturally. Every other animal has a natural predator. We don't. And so how did we evolve completely out of the food chain? Now, the evolutionists really can't answer that question. They, they, they can't answer actually all, any of those three. They can't tell us why it started. They can't tell us why it stopped. And they can't tell us how we got to where we are now. They just, they, they don't have an answer. They have theories. We know creationism from the Bible. We know that we were created in the image of God. We see it in Genesis, and, and God's story makes sense. It makes sense. It doesn't leave questions unanswered. It makes sense. But we're going to talk about the difference between us and the animals today. Now, the evolutionists, again, would say that the difference between us and the animals is reasonable, rational thought. We have that, the ability to, to think reasonably and rationally, and animals don't. And they say that's what the difference is. So the difference is in the brain. Now, I think the Bible's going to tell us Solomon's going to tell us the difference isn't in the brain. The difference is in the heart. The difference is in the heart. So let's read Ecclesiastes chapter 3, starting in verse 16. Moreover, I saw under the sun that in the place of justice, even there was wickedness. And in the place of righteousness, even there was wickedness. I said in my heart, God will judge the righteous and the wicked for there is a time for every matter and for every work. I said in my heart with regard to the children of man that God is testing them, that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beasts is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath, and man has no advantage over the beasts, for all is vanity." All go to one place. All are from the dust, and to dust all return. 
Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of the beast goes down into the earth. So I saw that there is nothing better than that a man should rejoice in his work, for that is his lot. Who can bring him to see what will happen after him? So he, he starts out telling us that there's wickedness in the place of righteousness. And, and remember now, he's still talking about, he, he prefaces this again with under the sun. He is talking about on earth, apart from God, this is how things are. And he, and he says in, there's, there's wickedness in the place of righteousness. And he's talking about the court system. He says where there should be justice, there's wickedness. Now, <clears throat> we see that in our court system, don't we? Now, I will say that we have the best court system in the world. It is by far the best out there. You have rights going into court here. In America, you have rights when you get to court. And, no matter, and it doesn't matter who you are, you have rights. And they're guaranteed. You have standing in every court in the nation. It's the best system in the world. It has its flaws. But most of those flaws are man-made flaws. But it's the best system in the world. You know, the Jewish system at the time of Solomon, you had to be an adult Jewish male to stand in court. So if you were not an adult Jewish male, you had no right to stand in court. You had no standing. You had no, no right to hear, have your voice heard. So if you're a woman or a child, you had to get an adult Jewish male to stand in for you and speak for you. That was the court system of, of Solomon's time. Our court system is the best in the world. Now, it has its flaws. We still find wickedness in it because where, where there should be justice and where there should be a, a search for truth, there is often lawyer tricks and, and, and dog and pony show, frankly. I have a, a, some, some experience with the court system, and it's mostly a dog and pony show. It's mostly about who puts on the best show. It really doesn't seem to be about the truth at all. But it's still the best system in the world. And even being the best system in the world, we still find wickedness in the place of justice. We don't find justice there. So where are we going to find justice? Well, we read this verse earlier today. God will judge the righteous and the wicked, for there is a time for every matter and for every work. Justice is in God. God will one day judge all. And when he does, it will be truth. It will not be a dog and pony show. It will not be about, about lawyer tricks. Now, I'm going to age myself, and, I, and I'm going to maybe controversial, but I think O.J. did it. And I think it was lawyer tricks that got him off. That kind of thing doesn't happen when God's judged. That kind of thing doesn't happen. God will judge in truth. And it, and it specifically says, notice that it says he will judge the righteous and the wicked. We like to think that it's the wicked that get judged and we're good to go. We have, we will stand before God. Judge the righteous and the wicked. And he specifically says here a couple of things. He says there's a time for every matter and every work. I think what we are going to be judged on 
is how we use our time, how we use our talent, and how we use our treasure. These three things Solomon has, has addressed in Ecclesiastes. He's addressed treasure, your money, and how if, if you make a whole bunch of it, and then when you die, it's over, and it gets left to somebody who didn't work for it. He's talked about this. And so here he, he mentions time and he mentions work. I think that for, for a good Baptist iteration, I guess, time, treasure, talent, you are going to be judged on how you use your time. You're going to be judged on how you use your treasure. And you're going to be judged on how you use your talent. You have been given skills and abilities and talents to do the work you do. Those, those have been given to you by God. They're to, for you to be able to make a living, to make treasure, and they are also to serve Him with. You've heard me say from this platform many times, you are the missionary God has chosen for your workplace, your neighborhood, your school. You're the one. That we're going to be judged on how we use our time, how we use our talent, and how we use our treasure. Because God will judge the wicked and the righteous. And there is a time for every matter and for every work. So then in verse 18 through 21, he talks about us and the animals. And, and, and what does he remember again? He's under the sun here, he says. And he says, God is testing them that they may see that they themselves are but beasts. For what happens to the children of man and what happens to the beasts is the same. As one dies, so dies the other. They all have the same breath, and man has no advantage over the beasts, for all is, is vanity. All go to one place, all are from dust, and, and to dust they will return. Who knows whether the spirit of man goes upward and the spirit of the beast goes down to earth. What happens to, the, to animals happens to humans. None of us get out of this alive. None of us. We all return to the dust. Death is the great equalizer. He's told us already in this study, he's told us that the rich and the poor die. The, the, the wise and the fool die. Now he says the animals and mankind die. Death is the great equalizer. The difference is, under the sun, apart from God, death is the end of the pursuit. But in Christ, death is the next and so there's a, the, there, there's a huge difference. I said before in our study of this, I'll keep saying that until you, you are ready to die, you're not ready to live. And so we have, to, we have to see the difference between the animals and us. He, he talks about the, the breath, and that word is literally spirit. Uh, Genesis 2.7 says, that, that God breathed life into man's nostrils. That's, that's spirit. That's the word for spirit. The Hebrew word for spirit and breath are the same. They understood the spirit of God to be the breath of life. And so God, is, God gives life to both mankind and beast. We have the same breath, as, as it says here. And, and it ends the same. We end up in dust just as the animal ends in dust. So what's the difference? He told us back in verse 11. Back in verse 11, he said, God has put eternity into man's hearts. That's the difference between us and, and the beasts. We relate to God through our heart. 
We relate to eternity through our heart. So the difference between us and the beast is that we have this God-shaped space that we've been talking about for the last several weeks. Augustine called it a God-shaped space in each of us. And we try, as mankind, we try and fill it with all kinds of things. We try and fill it with power. We try and fill it with alcohol or drugs or sex or relationships. We try and, and fill it with, with political power. We try and fill it with achievement. We try and fill it with all these things, and it's a God-shaped space. So only God can fill it. And that's the difference between us and the animals. It isn't our brain. Do, can you watch the 10 o'clock news and honestly tell me you think we have rational, reasonable, reasonable thought? Can you look at social media and say we have rational, reasonable thought? No. I don't think that's true of all, all of mankind. What is true of all of mankind is God has put eternity in our hearts. And so the difference between us and the beasts of the field is that we relate to God through our heart. We relate to God and eternity through our heart. We have within us that the ability to relate to God directly. That's the difference between us and, and the beasts. And that's why God can judge us, because he put that space in us. He knows our hearts. He knows the intentions of what we do. And so he has the right to judge us. He put the space there. He filled it. He has the right to judge us for it. So he has the right to judge us for our time and treasure and talent. He has the right to see our intentions. Because our hearts relate directly to God. Which the, the animals, it doesn't say that, that God put eternity in the animals' hearts. It says he put it in mankind's hearts. We relate directly to God through our heart. I keep telling you uh, from this platform that it's a matter of the heart. It isn't about religion. It isn't about what you do. It isn't about a karma argument where you try and pile up enough good works. It isn't about any of that. It's a matter of the heart. What's in your heart? Are you relating to God from your heart? Because that's the difference between us and the beast. Think about the life of an animal. They live meal to meal. That's their life. They live meal to meal. They're either searching for a meal, eating a meal, or relaxing after a meal, and then searching for another meal. They just, they just live meal to meal. And apart from God, what, how much better is our life? Apart from God, we're the same. We do the same thing. We, we, we don't relate to God. We don't, apart from God, all we have is striving for our next meal. We are, apart from God, no better than the beasts. But with God, because he has put eternity in our hearts, we relate directly to God. Our life has meaning. Our life has purpose because we have dealt with our death. Because we know what happens at death, we can live. When we're ready to die, we're truly ready to live. And we relate to God through our hearts. 
So Solomon, in verse 22, he says, who can tell? He says, who can bring him to see what will be after him? What we need is somebody that has lived this life, died, and come back so he can tell us what, how, how all this works. Does that sound familiar to you? Because Jesus has done exactly that. He has lived this life. He knows exactly how we feel. He knows exactly what we struggle with. He has felt everything we feel. And he has died. And he has come back to life to tell us what's next. And he has told us what's next. He told his disciples in, in, in John 14 that he goes to prepare a place for them so that they can be with him. We can relate directly to God through Christ. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you know my Father. So we can relate directly to God through Christ. And we can know what's next. We, can, we know what death is. We know what life after death is. Because we Christ to tell us. The animals don't have that. The animals don't relate to God the way we do. We relate to God from our hearts. God has put eternity in our hearts so that we can relate to him. And we can know what death is going to be and we can know what life after death is going to be because Jesus has done it and tells us. And we can be in relationship with him. This is the difference. The difference is the heart. It's not rational, reasonable thought. It's not a brain difference. We are made different on purpose. We have eternity in our hearts. God has placed it there. Are you relating to God from your heart? Because you can't. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. As you consider your life, are you going meal to meal? Are you simply living meal to meal? Or are you relating to God through the eternity in your heart? If you're not relating to God, you can beginning today. There's a, there's a place in you waiting for Jesus to move in. That God-shaped space that, that Augustine tells us about, that Solomon has said, is, is the eternity in our hearts. That God-shaped space, Jesus is ready to move in. It's a simple prayer. And it simply acknowledges that you have sin. God, I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I've said things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died in my place on that cross. He died for me. And so I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to come into my life and fill that God-shaped space in me so that I can relate to you directly from my heart. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know.
Maybe this morning you know Christ, but as you look back over the last couple of weeks, it's really been about meal to meal. It's just been about get up, go to work, come home, rinse and repeat. You take a moment right now and connect to God from your heart. Connect to Christ from your heart. Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you that that we relate directly to you through our hearts. You have given us the gift of relationship with you, which sets us apart from all of the rest of your creation. We thank you. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.